Welcome to Points of Change with Johnny Ball, the show where week by week I will be chatting with coaches, trainers, mentors, experts, visionaries, change makers, people with amazing transformational stories and experiences, and people who are helping others to create transformation in their lives. Stay tuned and make sure you subscribe, don't miss an episode. Welcome to Points of Change, Erin McCullough. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. I've been looking forward to bringing you on because when we spoke before, um, I think your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. And I think it's an important one, important one to be sharing. And so want to get into, certainly want to be talking with you about impenetrable joy. We're looking forward to getting into that bit of the conversation. But definitely, I think, first of all, it's important to hear your journey to discovery and what you've had to overcome to to get your understandings and where you are right now. So, so tell us a bit about your journey, your experience and why you've come, why you're coming on podcasts like this at the moment. So uh, my journey or my story has about like three sections to it, right? Because, you know, this life is a journey and as we continue to move and grow, we begin to learn more and more and are open to, to experiencing more and more. But it started with a couples counseling session where I had a panic attack and I hadn't had one before, so I didn't know what it was and it startled me. And from that panic attack, it turned into several panic attacks and it really got to the point where I was holed up in my home for nearly a year because I was so afraid to go out because of these panic attacks. And they seem really real, even though I know now that they are not but they can be so debilitating. And so for anybody who's having acute anxiety, I feel you a hundred percent. I've been there before (laughs) and I know how challenging it can seem, but there is a way out and please don't accept this as your life sentence. So that's important. Yeah. Yes, it is. It can feel very lonely when you're in that experience for sure. What what was that experience like for you of actually having a panic attack? What did that feel like for you and and how did you come to realize it was a panic attack? So we were just having a conversation and it was getting a little heated and all of a sudden I felt like I was having a difficult time breathing. The sensation was that I was like two inches tall and I was like in the corner and the room was getting full up so that I didn't have any oxygen to breathe and you know there was the heart racing and just the general just kind of uh disillusionment of like what's going on here, feeling separate from the conversation and basically in my head versus being in the room and what was going on there. Right. And did you find that that got more intense or was it pretty much the same experience each time? No, it began to get more intense. There were times where my vision would get, it would begin to get real narrow and, you know, get tunnel vision. And I really, I never did pass out, but I definitely thought that I was going to so many times. And the heart racing, especially if you've never had your heart race like that before, I thought maybe I was having a heart attack or some sort of heart incident. And yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's, it's real, it's legitimate the experience physically can feel, you know, exactly like all those things. And that's what's so daunting about it is that you, you know, 
even though now I recognize that that is created by thoughts and emotions and that I'm in charge of that, I didn't know that at the time. And so it's very scary not understanding that you have control over your body and your mind and your thoughts and your emotions. And if you don't understand that or don't know that, know that it's possible, but also that all those things can feel so real and they are real, like they are happening. Right. But you can do something about yeah, it. There's, yeah, there's, I'm sure it's the kind of thing, you know, I know, I know I've had some experiences that maybe not quite as intense as yours, but have been what I've experienced as panic attacks, but certainly much milder, thankfully, and ones that I was able to get to, but ones that were very much a message for me that it was time to make some changes in, in my life and that I was, clearly wasn't happy with, with some things that were going on at, at that particular time. And just wondering for, for you, you said you ended up being pretty much housebound because of this, because of the, I guess, the fear of having the panic attacks. What was going on for you during that year that you were pretty much holed up? Well, I just want to say, you know, it wasn't like it didn't happen in a day, right? I didn't just end up like holed up in my home over a day. It was a gradual process, right? It was like, you know, first at the time I was training for a half marathon and I used to run like 20, 25 miles a week. And I was in the middle of a long run and I had a panic attack and I ended up walking home like four miles because I was so afraid. So then I decided, oh, I guess I can't run right now. Right. So then that was like one thing that I didn't do anymore. And then it was, I thought I was going to pass out in front of my, I used to be a teacher. I thought I was going to pass out in front of my students. And so then it was like, oh, I can't work anymore. Right. So it just became narrower and narrower over time to the point where it was just, you just get so caught up in the fear that you feel like, you know, if I go, if I take the chance to go out into the world to even do the things, I mean, there were times I went to the grocery store and, sorry, and I had a, a big cart full of groceries and, you know, I had to ditch the groceries in the middle of the grocery store because I wasn't able to, you know, execute, finish doing the groceries because there was either too many people there or the lighting wasn't right or it was too loud or whatever the thing was. And, yeah. you know, that will just build on itself. Unfortunately, if you don't nip it in the butt right away, it will continue to build on itself and continue to seem more and more real. Cause the thing is, this is what I know for sure. We are here for spiritual growth. We are here to, learn and grow and heal from these incidences. And until we do something or find a way to navigate the healing process, the universe and its infinite beauty will continue to present you with opportunities to do such, right? And so that looks like crisis, right? Like it doesn't get any more crisis than not being able to leave your house. I mean, other than mass murder and things like that. But those things really are for the purpose of us learning to heal and grow for our development. And so I want to say to the people who are listening to this, it's not going to stop. So don't wait for a crisis. If you know things aren't right and you don't feel good in your life, if the predominant experience you're having is not joy, seek and seek and seek until you find something that will help you have that experience because it's possible. And these challenges that keep coming up will continue to come up until you mm. uh, meet them 
head on, look them straight in the eye and learn a way to heal and grow from them. With hindsight on your journey now, were there things that you could see as being signs that it was building up to more severe panic attacks or was it really just something that took you by surprise? So I had had a couple of health incidents prior to that. I had this experience for, it was at least six months, if not longer. I felt very disconnected from my body. You know how when you have a cold and your sinuses are all stuffed up and you feel like out of your body. I felt like that all the time. And I had gone to see specialists and do all these things. And I started reading books on healing your body, like healing yourself. And it was through that, that I met this gentleman who was a practitioner who helped me navigate that I was having some food allergies. And that's why I was having that experience. But if I'm really looking at it, there were several things like that, where it was like, I truly believe that mind, body, and spirit are three equal parts. And so often people will wind up with disease because that's the thing that gets them to wake up because, ow, that hurts or that doesn't feel right. And that scares me. Right. And so I feel like the body is the last ditch effort telling you like, hello, something is amiss here. Prior to that, I had, I had always felt very sad a lot. You know, I would have moments in my life where I don't think it was depression, but it certainly was a sadness that I would say every couple of weeks, I would just get into this funk and just be really sad and emotional and, and just sort of feel lost. And that went on Mm. for years and years and years prior to any of these health issues. And so it's just like, there were these moments where it was like, wake up, there's another way, wake up, there's something else, you know, and while I was sort of band-aiding them all together, it wasn't until it was kind of like, like, no, really wake up, (laughs) like, we're really going to make you wake up, we're going to give you this anxiety disorder and see what you do with that. And it still took me even after that, you know, I had, so after the acute anxiety, I had gotten a remedy from a homeopathic psychiatrist who had leveled out my chemistry. So I was not having the anxiety symptoms anymore, but the mental, emotional, spiritual side was not handled at all. It took me another probably 15 years of, you know, going to seminars and reading lots of books and having encounters in my life that really shook me to my core. And then I was led down a new path through, I think we talked about this, a book called A Course in Miracles. Right. I know. Yeah. So I happened to be in a divorce and it was just leveled me. And I just, I couldn't, you know, I had done all these seminars. I'd read all these books. And I realized at that moment that I didn't have any actual strategies to navigating how I was feeling and how I could get out of this dark area of my life. And so I picked up that book, A Course in Miracles. And after about a month, this message just started coming through. It was like, popping up off the page in bold. The path is joy. The answer is joy, 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 joy. And I was like, literally after a couple of weeks of seeing joy on the page, I literally threw my hands up in there and was like, I hear you, but I don't know how to get there. What do I do? And as you know, as I said, the universe is exquisite. It brings you all the things you need when you get to that point of like, I'm ready. I can't resist anymore. 
you know, somebody show me the way. And I received an email that, and I went to a seminar, that seminar got me onto a new path of understanding how to use visualization and meditation to create a joyful life. And then I began teaching a seminar under the gentleman I learned from and stood up in front of the class and my first class. And I went, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be teaching people how to find their joy and cultivate it daily and live the life they're meant to be living. Not one in challenge, but one in joy. So you found some purpose through this as well. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Which is fantastic. And I, I always think that's super important, especially with finding some purpose and meaning things is, I think, for all of us, one of the things that can help pull us through some of the most difficult and challenging situations. We need that. We need we need to have, create purpose in our lives and find some meaning for things and uh, find be useful, be of service. I think it's important for nearly all of us. I think there's very few people who don't who don't need that, as far as I'm aware. Hearing your story, there's so many parts of it that I think are very relatable, not just for me, but probably for many people, those feelings of sort of this ongoing sadness, not necessarily depression, but this sort of cloud over your life and and these deep feelings of sadness that just don't seem to go away really until you start waking up, as you say. So you start waking up to it and hearing the calls to work on yourself and do do things and go deeper and uh, explore and not settle that that's your life and that's what you're stuck with. Tell us a little bit about what impenetrable, in, okay, I struggle to say this now. Tell us a little <laughs> bit what impenetrable joy is for you. Impenetrable joy is an internal experience. I think if you ask most people what it is they'd like in their life, they'll say, you know, I just want to be happy. And happiness is based on external things. It's you get the new car, you're happy, but it's short lived, right? because at some point that car just becomes a car. It's just a vehicle A to B, right? And joy is something you can cultivate. It's an internal journey to cultivate that has more than just exuberance in it. It has pieces and nuances of peace of mind and stillness and calm and those are joyful as well. In fact, more joyful mostly than these exuberant times because those are also sort of fleeting. And so impenetrable joy is creating that internal experience of joy that's unfazed by the external world. And so that's the journey inward. That's the understanding that we are not our thoughts and our emotions, that we are the spectator of those things. And when we can get separation from the thoughts and the emotions and recognize them for what they are, which is an experience from the past that we're trying to project into our future based on those experiences, then we can start to understand that we all are this like essence, this kind, all, all loving, all kind essence being whatever. That's who we actually are and our personality and the experiences that we have shape the thoughts and the emotions that we're having. And that's what we're expressing, but we need not do that. There is no, we have value without all those things. So when we understand that our personality is running the show and we can 
recognize the parts that we want to cultivate and the ones that we don't want anymore through our thoughts and our emotions, then we can create this impenetrable joy because we are internally neutral and grounded and aligned with our deepest part of ourselves. So it doesn't matter who's in our lives or what the circumstances are, we can draw on that piece, that deeper, meaningful piece, instead of going into reaction emotionally. Yeah. For, for me, I feel uh, probably not just for me, but I think for many people, this is the one of the core elements of personal development in taking yourself from being in effect of the world around you and having uh, your environment and the people in your life affecting your emotions and your state and how you feel and taking control of that and moving yourself to the cause side of the equation and saying, I am the cause of my emotions, I am the cause of my thoughts. Uh, it's a very hard thing to do. And it's very easy to keep getting pulled back into the effect side of things like the, which we could call victim mentality, we could call it the being swept along with how easy it is for one person to ruin your day if you let them. But that every time we do that, you're giving, I think Tony Robbins puts it this way, that you're giving your personal power to other people. They have control of your emotional state. And half the time, they don't even realize it. And they probably don't care either. Uh, but you might ruin your whole day and spend your day in a bad mood or uh, sadness or a grump thinking people are terrible or people are rude. And uh, you don't have to do that. You can choose a, a different way to respond, a different way to react. And does that relate to what? You feel what, what you're explaining here? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it sounds simple, right? It's simple. Oh, I'm, I'm in control of my thoughts. I'm in control of my emotions. It's not, <laughs> it's not simple because we've been practicing this other way of being for so long that that feels like the norm. And so when you have to create change, it requires steps, right? And the first one is awareness. Typically we get awareness because we're in crisis. I don't want to feel this way anymore. This is awful. I'm miserable. And then we have to get another further kind of awareness, which is like, what is causing these feelings, right? And then we have to get intentional about what do we want to create? Like obviously different than what we have. So let's, let's really jot down what that might be versus just, I don't want to feel this way. How about what would you like to create? And then strategies. We need strategies. The brain, it'll just go off and do its own thing. It does it by habit all the time. And so if we don't disrupt its habitual thinking, then it's just going to take off for the races and you're left being in reaction to everybody and everything. And then the final piece is the hardest piece, which is the practice of the new way of being. It's the choosing that new way over and over and over again until it becomes your norm. And so you are going against what feels normal or right because that's how you've practiced for so long at each choice. Here I go again. Oh, I'm having this emotion. Oh, I'm going to choose a different emotion. I'm going to choose a higher emotion or I'm going to choose because you can't have simultaneously a low level and a high level experience at the same time. So low level would be anything that doesn't feel good, you know, sadness, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, worry. You cannot have, they cannot coexist with, you know, love, gratitude and those things. And so when we 
do like recognize the awareness piece, right? Oh, I'm having a low level experience. Let me pull on a strategy. What were the thoughts I was thinking? How can I disrupt those thoughts and think new thoughts, create a higher level experience and, and then practice that every time it comes up and it's very simple, but it's not easy, but it's in the Mm. practice of just choosing and choosing and choosing. I get that. It, it does take a lot of work to to show up and to be a cause in your life and to get on that path. And even then, even when you do get better at it, there's still going to be times where you'll fall back into old ways because, they're, as you say, we've done them probably just because we've done them for so long. That's how we operate. I do feel that perhaps one of the reasons why so many people are so sad is this being in effect in their lives, given the, the state of most of what we see on TV, that how much uh, we take, in, especially through through the news, like is we see the the bad stuff. We always see the division. We always see the the catastrophes, the disasters, and that's what people tend to end up getting focused on. I think many people perhaps feel like there has never been a time where we're more divided. I don't know if that's true, but it certainly feels like that for many people. How do you manage perhaps to? keep that centeredness to keep yourself in that state of an impenetrable joy when everything feels so divided where everything feels so them and us and uh, and so many people are, are being triggered by so many things yeah i mean i was just having this conversation over breakfast this morning most of the world doesn't live their life the way that i do and so i immerse myself in what i know is the deepest tr- deepest truths for me and I start my day in that place. I do a visualization meditation. I listen to or read something that speaks to my soul on a very deep level so that I can get into that space because you know, I, I, my business is centered around being in that space so that I can show people the way to having the same experience I'm having. And that's not the same experience that I believe most people are having. And so if I don't immerse myself in the information and I don't continue to grow and evolve and work on my own things and get new information and new strategies, then I can, like you said, just get lost in the whole shuffle of all the things that don't speak to my soul. And it's easy for that to happen. And so a lot of the things, certainly I teach a lot of people, and I talk about it all the time in terms of starting your day in that place of joy, right? Through meditation, visualization, creating the life of your dreams in your mind every morning so that you can stay in that space. And then strategies to being in the present moment as often as you possibly can. Enlightenment, I believe, is that the ability to be in the present moment at all times, to be able to shut off the thinking, to be able to shut off the reaction, to be able to be here right now. And that takes practice because we are not taught to be in that place. We're taught to be both because of our society and the way our brain functions and takes in information and sorts and tries to be efficient. We are taught to take from the past, right? Don't touch that stove because it's going to burn your hand. We're taught to take that information in and present it as though that's what the future holds. And that works in the case of the stove, but it doesn't work in the case of people and circumstances because people are very nuanced. 
And each circumstance, even though it may seem the same or similar, is nuanced as well. And so taking that formula of, I had this experience in the past, projecting it into the future as though we know what's going to happen, and then sort of hedging all of our bets on this, what we think is going to happen, 99% of the time doesn't even happen. But we don't go back and go, oh, my brain like led me astray here and said, if I did X, then the Y would be the answer. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so we get confused because our brain's trying to be efficient and society's trying to be efficient, but it doesn't work on a being soul level to be that way because we're all so nuanced and have different experiences. Does that make sense? I think so. I think so. Uh, what, what would you perhaps say to somebody who might be listening in and thinking, well, what if what if that ultimately is just, uh, they feel like might be trying to kid themselves, like delude themselves into thinking that their life is better? I think that's the trick. Listen, there's all these people out there proponing that they can, purporting that they can <clears throat> help you make six and seven figures and all the things about this happiness piece. That's the, let me get a stack of cash and a nice car and a nice house and the relationship and all the things and look perfect and beautiful and right. I don't purport that. What I'm saying is if I can get you into that experience now, because why do we want all those things? We want all those things because of how we think we're going to feel when we have them. That's why we want the car. That's why we want the stack of cash. That's why we want this sense of security. There is no security. There's nothing. I mean, if this last year with the pandemic and all of that didn't, you didn't get that message. That was the message. There's no security. Right. There's no health security. There's no financial security. There's never going to be enough cash. You cannot win at that game, but you can win at fooling yourself into believing that this life is beautiful and joyful now because it is, but you have to fool your mind because it wants to go to what our society is telling us what happiness is. And that's the car, the house, the cash, the relationship, the being perfect, everything, body, hair, all the things, right? And those things yeah. are so temporary and so meaningless. They do not speak to you on a deep level and they never will. You cannot win at that game. That game, they're never going to be enough cash, never going to be a nice enough card, never going to be a big enough house. I, I agree. I, there's, uh, I have a fascination with Stoic philosophy, and I love reading Stoicism and the, the writings of the great Stoics. And one of the things that, that comes into my head as we talk about this is that one of the philosophers, and I'm going to forget exactly which one said this, but one of them said something along the lines of the, the only truly wealthy man yeah, but that would be person as well. The only truly wealthy person is the one who wants for nothing, who wants nothing. Um, because it's the act of wanting that makes you poor <laughs> in comparison. Yeah. If you don't want, if you don't want anything, then you you have everything you need. Uh, and so it's often saying you know, that uh, want the want the things you have and and need for nothing, right? So. Yeah, I, th I think that's that's really important. The even with the principle of hedonic habitation, we know that even when we get these things, as you say, it's fleeting. Probably within a week to two weeks, we've normalized any 
event in our lives, any good thing or any bad thing. I've interestingly, I'm reading um, a book about how we also, you know, the book Mistakes Were Made, but not by me. This one oh. is, it's, it's really talking about how, how we justify cognitive dissonance. So if we have two competing ideas in our head, we will always find a way to justify life. And one of the bits I was just listening to um, a little bit earlier today was like someone buying a car that they knew they didn't really have the budget for, but justifying it by talking about how good it is and how safe they feel in their car. And, and all these people noticing, oh, you never really talked about your car before, <laughs> but because they need to justify having done this, having made that decision, spent that money on the car as well. It's like, but knowing really that probably it wasn't that important, it didn't really matter. We will always find the ways to justify things after the fact if we need to, because we don't want to believe ever that we've made a wrong decision or you know, we want, always want to think we've made the right decision or the best decision we could make at the time as well. Uh, and I think that all, that all ties in with this as well. These are just thoughts. This is just stuff that's going on in our head. The, the only thing that really matters is what you decide is important to you in your life. And if that's stuff, I don't think you're ever really going to be satisfied. But if you look for deeper meaning and service, I think you will find satisfaction and fulfillment very quickly. And and you can always have more of that, but you don't need to have more of that. You always want more of it because it, it just feels so good to to be in that place of service and to find and feel like you have meaning and purpose in your life. Yeah, I agree. I'm reading this book right now that's super interesting. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It's called The Soul of Money. And it's right. about a woman who's gone around to all these different countries and empowered impoverished people to create their own solutions and move into what we call what she calls sufficiency. Like it is enough right where I'm at. Basic needs are being met. And when we can understand that we have enough right where we're at, I'm not saying if you want all the things, there's nothing wrong with that. Just know that it's not going to make you happy. That's all I'm saying. I don't have any, I'm not against being wealthy. I think great, do wonderful things with it. I'm, I'm all for that. But if you are under the illusion that that's going to make you feel good or secure or happy and it will make you happy, but that's temporary, but it's not going to bring you joy. It's not going to bring you fulfillment or purpose unless you do something good with it, you know, cause part of the human experiences, I mean, one of the things I wanted to say was, I don't think we're on our deathbed going, I wish I had worked more. I wish I had amassed more right. things or cash, right? We're on our deathbed thinking, I wish I'd had more deep, meaningful relationships with people. I wish I had connected on a deeper level with the people in my life that I love. And that is from having that experience comes from the journey within when we get right with us, that dissonance, that cognitive dissonance you're talking about, the, the reason that we have emotional experiences is because our soul, like the deepest part of us understands that we're all loving and kind and all the wonderful things. And when we have these thoughts in our mind that we're not good enough or worthy or deserve or any of those things, that's what dissonance is. It's the dissonance between the essence of who you really are, that wonderful, loving, kind piece, and this idea that you're not those things. So that's the distance between those two. That's what causes that, the experiences that are not pleasant. If someone now is tuning in and thinking, well, I have some awareness that maybe I, I don't feel that happiness and joy in my life, but I would like to, what should be their next step? 
First and foremost, like when I'm working with a client, the very first thing I ask them to do is write out their story, the story of all the things that were awful. <laughs> uh, not to start off on the bad foot, but to release that. The further we can get from that story, the more we can create a new story. Most people don't recognize that that story of their life, of all the things that happened, the unfairness, the trauma, the sadness, all those things, are still running the show behind the scenes. And so when we can write that story out, get it into matter, and I do mean write, not type, say it out loud, and then don't say it again. Don't get into relationship over it. Oh, my dad was an alcoholic too, or any of those things, right? You change the subject. You don't get involved in that story anymore. And the further that story gets from you, the closer to healing you get. Then you create a new story. That new story is about a day in the life of everything you ever wanted. I mean, all the things, the car, the house, and the stack of cash, and the relationships and all the things. And so detailed on that new story, like all the senses, like get into it. And then you use that story and create a visualization where you're in the movie. It's not you as the camera, but you're in the movie and it's, it's the end results, right? When you have all the things, right? Not how you're going to get them. How is the universe's job? Our job is what and why do we want? And so you sit in that place and you get so emotionally charged and attached to that place of the day in the life of all the things that you are invested emotionally and you are raising your emotional vibration to that higher place for the purpose of creating joy. That's where I found my joy was in that visualization process. And then, I mean, that's a pretty great place to start your day, right? In a day in the life of all the things. And then from there, you just keep seeking, trying to find ways to disrupt your habitual brain patterns. We're so habit focused. If we can disrupt and get awareness around like, what are the thoughts? So now I'm having an emotional experience that doesn't feel good. What were the thoughts prior to that that led to that emotional experience? And then sit in those emotions. Don't tamp them down anymore. You are allowed to be emotional. Be emotional, even when it's inappropriate. Because emotions held in cause all kinds of crazy things, mental illness, a disease, right? So the process is start to, I mean, be the detective of your life. I feel bad right now. Why do I feel bad? What was I thinking prior to this or what happened that led to that? So that you can see those emotions coming from a mile away. You can get like intimate with them and understand what they are and sit in them and experience them. And it is through that process that you will heal and grow. It is by sitting in those emotions and recognizing them not trying to make them go away with drugs and alcohol and all the, all the obvious things, but there's these less obvious things like anxiety and, and depression and all these things come from not just experiencing and healing these emotions. Yeah. I think, I think so much of the stress and anxiety in life really does come from not taking those opportunities to take a step back or to take a time out because there's always something we, we're in a very heavy information age and, and I've, I've heard people saying and it probably is true that we probably get more more information coming at us every day than 
most people, most of our ancestors centuries ago would ever have had in their whole lifetime. And so it's unsurprising then that, that it's hard to switch off from that. And that means we have to make that time to take it out. And I know that many people won't take time out of their lives to consider themselves or to think about themselves or don't feel comfortable being alone or quiet with their thoughts. Or as you say, we'll just try and drown it out with, uh, with drugs or alcohol or TV um, or music, whatever it is, but something there that they don't have to just sit and think. Whereas that probably is the thing that would help the most, so long as they don't sort of dive into this pit of negative thinking and and start taking an opportunity to have a, a, a bit of peacefulness in their lives, a bit of time when there isn't information coming at them and just to sit and notice your breathing, do some basic meditation. And, and I think you can definitely even if you don't feel that visualization is quite there for you yet, or you need to do a bit of work on that, great. we all have to start somewhere. But I think these are all things that can really enhance your life and enhance your experience. And, and ultimately, that's what it's about. You have the choice. If you listen to a conversation like this, and you think, eh, well, that's for you, it's not for me. Okay, but it is your choice. You have this experience available to you. And you are the person who's saying, no, I don't want that experience. I don't want to feel joy and happiness in my life. But why would you choose that for yourself? You might, because if you're saying to yourself, well, I don't have a choice, that's just how my life is. That's, that's the illusion that uh, we're talking about the thing of being in effect is like you think your life is stuck the way it is and you can't choose your state and your thoughts and wherever else you go into and like there's some things you can't control but how you respond to your thoughts and how you respond to your emotions you can and you can do something about that so your your journey to joy and happiness has been wonderful how different do you notice yourself to be to how you see your saw yourself before Oh my gosh. I was probably, you know, certainly before I took the self-development journey, I was probably that one going like, yeah, I don't know about all those things, you know, I don't know about meditation. And I really, I literally spent most of my life being in reaction to everybody and everything. I thought that's what life was. And now my life is so beautiful. Like I I wish I could plop people into my life and have them experience what it is like to wake up and be in joy and to appreciate nature. I mean, I have conversations with trees. I go on walks with my dog and I'm like, good morning, beautiful tree, beautiful flowers. I see you. I'm taking deep breaths and breathing life into my body all the time, all day long, every day. And it sounds crazy and woo-woo and all the things that I would have just gone that's bananas. But I'll tell you, the people that are like me that are enjoying their lives, we put me in the woo-woo category. I'm fine with that. I, I think you can have all these things. With I, mean, I, I am not a woo-woo person. I'm not uh, particularly a spiritual person, as most people talk, but I meditate and I do some spiritual practices. And I feel that I do have access to, and I do have these experiences you're talking about, but however you best come to them, I think that's up to you. Like you're going to find your way and find what resonates with you and and what what fits for you as well. Uh, but I think those are just as available to you with or without the woo woo stuff as well. Yeah, and I mean, all I have to say is, you look at woo woo people and all the things they're saying, and they may sound crazy, but man, they seem like they're in a good place. <laughs> that's all I can say is proof is in the pudding, so they say. And uh, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, do you know? Obviously, how I practice my life 
doesn't suit every single person, but there are so many people out there that are saying wonderful things and trying to enact change in other people's lives in a positive way. Seek. There's, I mean, gosh, every time I get on a podcast, somebody's telling me about a new book or a book they're reading that has all this wonderful information in it. Keep going. You'll find it. Somebody's going to speak to you on some level and it's going to make sense all of a sudden. And you don't have to be in a crisis in order for that to happen. If you're just like, just relatively unhappy in your life, that's enough. Seek. Yeah, there, there are answers out there. There are alternatives. There's, there's always choices you can make that are different to what you're currently experiencing. Even, even when you start to feel like there are no options, or even if you start to feel like time, times and life and things will never be better, uh, there always are. All, all these things, are, even the, the bad times, are temporary. And, uh, and they don't last, but you know, the, I think inner peace and in, enlightenment sorts of ways of thinking can be something that when you, when you get there, when you start feeling that and find the ways to create that in your life, that will stay with you for, for the rest of your years. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Erin, yeah. where could people find out more about you and what you teach? I think the best place to look for me is on Instagram. You can DM me, my website URL will be on there, or if I have a course, there'll be information towards a course. I share videos at least once a week with strategies and ideas to think about uh, to create change in your life if, if that's what you're seeking. Yeah, I think that's the best way. And my handle is Erin, E-R-I-N, Mac, M-A-C-L-L-C. Love to impart wisdom there. I love that platform. Excellent. I'll make sure that goes into the, the show notes and description for anyone who wants to come and connect with you and find out more. I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing your, your time and your journey and, and your story and your insights with us today. It's been really wonderful to speak to you. Do you have any closing words that you'd like to leave our audience with? I'm going to restate something that I said before in the podcast, which is if the predominant experience that you are not having in your life, if it's not joy, please keep seeking. It is there for you. I believe it is our birthright. It is the ultimate state of being in this world. And it's there for you. Keep looking until you find somebody that speaks to you that can show you the path. I second that. Definitely keep going. Erin, thank you so much for your messages and all your words and your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be able to speak about things that speak to my soul. And if I can be of service to anybody, that's such a bonus. And I think it's really important to have these conversations. And I want to thank you for creating a platform to, to have conversations that are really meaningful. Oh, it's been one of the best things I've ever done. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please make sure you're subscribed and don't miss any future episodes. If there are any friends in your network who could do with some inspiration and resources to help improve their lives, send them our way. Please share the show. Next week, my guest is Sean Crane. He's talking about his experience being wrongly convicted of a crime and sent to prison and how he used that as an opportunity to turn his life around. Don't miss it. See you next time.